Hey, what's up, podcast? Not sure exactly what day or time this will be hitting you guys. I know I said every other Wednesday. Maybe a little bit behind right now on the honeymoon. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly. I know we're a day ahead, but I'm not sure how many hours on top of that we're ahead. But I'm going to give a special thanks to my wife, Crystal Regalado, for giving the green light to go ahead and get this episode sent out. I had the uh, pleasure of interviewing and recording earlier before the wedding happened so i had this on deck ready to go um she understood the value that was in it and she's looking forward to hearing it to her uh, listening to the episode herself so looking forward to uh you guys seeing the same value in the episode that uh we all think it has and uh, uh enjoy Today I'm sitting with Victor Vega, an old friend of mine, go back to teenage years. Vic's story, in the summary, he's 40 years old now. He has one bro, older brother, one younger sister, so he's a middle child. Grew up in a single parent home. Started experimenting with drugs and alcohol at 11. Was jumped into a gang at 11 as well. And by 13 he started getting locked up and he stayed going in and out to about 34 years old. Uh, for straight from there he went to rehab he's on a straight and narrow now and now he works at a community center here in town in Santa Barbara so Vic thanks for coming on sharing your story thank you so let's take it back let's take it back to childhood how where did you grow up born and raised here in Santa Barbara yeah I was born and raised here in Santa Barbara um, when I, the farthest I could think back was uh, I was maybe four or five years old and uh-huh. I was living on the east side on Selena Street and uh, we lived with my grandparents it was me me my mom and my brother would share a bed sleep in the same room and share a bed and uh, my grandparents slept in the other room um, it was a good it was a um, it was a good home there was nothing yeah. really going on it was just a basic home we we, uh, we went to school and we always had food and everything was cool. And, but that was that was like the younger years. Um, that was before your sister came along? Before my sister was long. Yeah, it was just me, my brother, and my mom. And so, you know, I, I, I think uh, one of the um, memories I do have is my mom taking the bus to work. And that was something that, like, I always admired right? and something I respect. And uh, um, I, went up to, I went to school up the hill at Cleveland School. Yeah. So I went to school there. Um that was pretty much it for a little bit until uh, I think um, I was around six or seven years old. My mom met my stepdad, my sister's dad, and then they uh, they got married. And so um, they got married and we moved out and we got our apartment and uh, we moved to the to the west side for a little bit and then went back to the east side. And so I think um, so when I think about my life I think about those couple years that my mom was married to my stepdad and I kind of think about the stability right because I had never met my real dad to that I still hadn't met my real dad but I remember that stability and there's those couple years that they were together and that uh, uh, my stepdad taught me a few things you know those those few years that he was there uh, he taught me a few things about because I have a 14 year old daughter too and uh, he taught me like you know he never cussed he never hit us never yelled at us and it was never disrespectful and he taught us, you know, he gave us a love for, like, sports and, and just different things. And I think, uh, um, 
the one memory I had, he came home one day and, and he had like 20 packs of baseball cards and he dropped them off to me and my brother and yeah. he stayed right there with us and opened them and, you know, he would always come to the room, good morning, and, and his name's Mike. And uh, he was a really good dude, you know, but, um, you know, him and my mom had their own issues, you know, and uh, that's my sister's dad, my mm -hmm. sister Michelle, that's her dad, and, you know, her, him and my mom had their own issues, you know, you don't understand that as a kid, growing up, you're like, as you get to know your parents a little more, you're like, okay, okay, I see, yeah, I understand so I a little a bit, yeah, 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 yeah. When you grow older. Yeah, and so, um, they separated, and... Um, I think that's when that's when things started uh there started to be a struggle right my, mm -hmm. my I still try to stay close to my stepdad and I, I would go with my sister when she would go visit him and he would always take me places um he would coach my uh, my basketball teams at the boys club and and you know it was still it was still around a little bit but it wasn't the same as having the real father right mm -hmm. I, I met my real dad I think when I was 9 years old and like I I I you know I honestly still you know, I never looked, I never felt banded, I never felt like that as a kid. I was like, I want to meet him, I want to meet this guy. And, you know, I just, he left, I think, right around the time I was born. Um, So I really don't know him, And but my brother spent a couple years with him, so mm -hmm. he had, like, a better relationship with my brother. So my brother, I think, felt, I think he felt that rejection towards him. I'm not sure. I, I feel like maybe he did, but I didn't, so I still wanted to get close to him. But he was, you know, um, he was living in Utah, and he met this lady over there, and, you know, she had three kids, and he married her, and, and you know, that kind of went on. And made so, a family with them yeah, over there. Yeah, made a family with uh -huh. them, yeah, really. And uh, my, I don't think my mom, I don't, I don't know what was going on, but, you know, I think at home, there, there was there was this void, right? Stepdad was gone. It was me, my mom, my brother, and my sister, and, you know, like, um, I, I when I think back now, I think about, you know, like there was probably a lot of stress and my mom didn't have a lot of coping skills to deal with what was going on. And, you know, there was just, I, I didn't, you know, I, I just, you know, my mom always made sure the house was clean and we had food, right? And she worked and, you know, I, I look now, I look back now, now that I'm a single parent, I look back now and, and, and I understand why she had to get out and do things and get away mm -hmm. for a little bit, you know, it's how, rough. How old was your mom um, during during that time, at the young mm -hmm. years you're, you're explaining? Let me see. If I'm four, she, she was probably, let me see, um, she's probably like in her late 20s, early 30s, okay. maybe, so yeah, young, young she's still mom. young, yeah, 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 my mom was young, so. and when she would go to work, like, would she drop you off at Cleveland, uh, and then go, and then go to work, or yeah, she would, she would take us to school, but we eventually moved back to the east side, so I would walk to school, uh -huh. right, and, uh, um, I think, uh, you know, I think um, what ha what started happening was, you know, when I was going to Cleveland, um, I started getting into a lot of fights. Um, I noticed really quick that when I would get into fights that I would get this good attention. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, shoot, let me just fight more. And good I, attention from yeah, students? From, the, yeah, other from peers, other kids. But other, not, kids yeah. other peers. Not necessarily the administration. No, no. Yeah. no. And, and, you know, the thing was I was a gate student when I was a kid, right? Oh. I was really like really good at school really good at math and they would send me to these like math contests and they would they would have me involved in all these advanced classes but um my mom was born in mexico so she didn't really understand things so she couldn't really help me at home mm -hmm. right and so you know when stepdad was gone my mom would be working so i'd get home and i would never do my homework nobody would be there like hey did you do this did you do that no i would just go home and 
you know, pretty soon I was, I was like, you know, I would spend a lot of time at my grandparents' house, but you know, my grandparents were just loving and caring. I always had somewhere to go, but they were never like, did you do your homework? You, no, they were always like, yeah. mijo, you want something to eat? Mijo, are you tired? Yeah. They were like, whatever <laughs> you want. Yeah, yeah. The things yeah. you need. Yeah. And I love my grandparents. I love, I love them with all my heart. I never, I was raised that when I saw my grandparents, I'd give them a hug and a kiss. And when I left them, I'd give them a hug and kiss, mm-hmm. right? Respect them, love them, and never talk back, whatever it was, just listen to them. And, and, but, but when I would leave their house, when I would leave my house, as I started like reaching age 11, um, like I kind of was attracted to the streets. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to go run around and, you know, and then my brother, my older brother, he started coming home with like the homies at night and they were like cool to me. And then I, I, I remember when it really, when it really, first kind of started was my brother went to San Jose because he, he, he was getting in trouble and he went to San Jose to stay with my dad and um, I was going to summer school I had just finished sixth grade and I was going to summer school at the junior high for like some program and I was just 11 years old and I remember like seeing like like the homies and you know and, and they were like hey come kick it with us come come hang out with us and I was like all right all right and you know pretty soon I was just hanging out with them every day did the exposure yeah. come from living on the east side period or was it more uh, your brother and bringing them over to the pad well i think growing up growing up on the east side like in the early 90s and late 80s you saw like you saw a lot of like homies and you saw like the low riders and you saw the veteranos mm-hmm. and you saw that that old style mm-hmm. and so it was like it was attractive to me right it was i was kind of like attracted to that and i remember my cousin too he was from he was from he was from the, the neighborhood and I would just like I like respected him and looked up to him and so I was like man I want to be like him, you know I've always wanted to be like him you know mm-hmm. like my, my and and so I just fell into it and you know next thing you know uh, um they had told me you know they 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 jumped me in and I was eleven years old and 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 from how long did they hey, say come start kicking it with us not not too long till you got jumped in not too long like a month or so yeah, yeah. but it was because of my brother they yeah. knew oh it's your little boy we're gonna take care of you uh-huh. and my brother was mad when they jumped in he was mad you know he didn't he didn't he, know that that was like, gonna happen he knew because yeah. I think somebody told him or I told him but he came back and, and, and you know he came back and, and you know all of a sudden now we all have you know your older brother and little brother have like the same friends right mm-hmm. And so, so I was. This happened while he was up north. While he was up north. Yeah. yeah. He was in placement. Or? No, he was just staying with my dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, like, I started hanging out with them. And, you know what we do? You know, a lot of us um, didn't have the dual parenting. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of like. So before we get too much further, yeah. then because you said at nine yeah. you met you met your dad for the first yeah. time, your actual biological yeah. dad. Yeah. And so, how did that go? From kind of, I'm sure you had this mental image of him right and what he was going to be like it was cool I, like I, I you know um we you know i was like i had this attraction kind of love towards him you mm-hmm. know because this was my my dad this was the ultimate adult male figure in my life and I, I i wanted to get closer to him but he lived far away mm-hmm. right so i couldn't and and but i was i wasn't like disappointed but i still wanted to spend time with him you know, I, and you know, there's a few times that, that um, over the years, before I started getting in trouble, there was a few times where uh, me, my brother, and would go visit him in San Jose, and we would be there with his other family, and it was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, he he treated them more. He treated us like, 
with love and gave us what we wanted. Yeah. But he didn't discipline us. He treated them more like, like his like I don't know like like real kids where you yeah. discipline them and you you know he had like that kind of connection with them and and uh, whereas of more he knew you guys were visiting yeah and just yeah. wanted to show you the best. Yeah, that you could while you were there. Yeah, and it was—I mean, it was cool. Like we went to—we uh, would drive down to San Felipe down the mm-hmm. in the Baja. Uh, we would go down there and stay in, this, in that little beach town, and uh, we would all hang out, you know. And, and I think I, there's a—I remember we had one good memory where uh, um, I still remember we were—it was just me and my dad, and we were we were like had some clams and oysters, and we would put them over the barbecue, and we were eating them with lemon and tapatio, and it was—I yeah. remember that, you know, and. and some good memories yeah, that came yeah, from the visit. Yeah. So. And did you ever find out why they split up? Like why your parents didn't work no, out? No, I, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. Yeah. I, I just kind of like, I was too busy just trying to, you know. Trying to build a relationship yeah, with them? Yeah. And so. And were any of them, do you know, were they uh, like heavy users with either mm, drugs or alcohol? No, or my dad actually was a little different from a lot of the other homies' dads. He, huh. he actually. Uh, he got a scholarship and he went to BYU, the university in Utah. Yeah. And he was good at soccer and he played soccer over there and and he actually had his own businesses. He I forgot what exactly what he did, but since he was born in Mexico and he was fluent English and Spanish, he was able to kinda like yeah. do that. And he and he had a I remember he had an office in San Jose and Salinas. I d I forget what he was doing, it was something with like legalities. Right. And so um he um I forget exactly what it was. I never really asked them. Yeah. Now, uh, once you started kicking it with the homies, did the did like the drive to build a relationship with him start to fade out? I I know that with my stepdad, I stopped playing sports, so that kind of went away with him. Um. So what happened was when I started seventh grade, I started getting into trouble at, at the junior high, mm-hmm. at Santa Barbara Junior High, and they were gonna kick me out. My mom asked me to go to Notre Dame for a couple months. I went. I hated it. I felt <laughs> left, I felt left out of everything. Right? None of the boys talked. It was just like I was just like outcast. Just man yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And so I went back to the junior high, and then I got in trouble again for for fighting again. And and so and what were the reasons why you were fighting so much? Um, just because I wanted to look cool and I wanted to fit in, and there was somebody from a different neighborhood there and, and, yeah. and wanted to show him that he didn't belong at this school uh-huh. right and so that that they finally just they're like look we, they told my mom we can't have him here my mom tried to get me to go over to counseling and do so many things but she couldn't I w- it wasn't that I was angry or hating my mom I was just so like starting to get involved with the lifestyle and, and I finally felt accepted by something I felt okay and, and I just I was just a kid and like I liked doing what we were doing I like like did sports give you any type of feeling like that? or um, no? I love sports, and I enjoyed playing sports, but um, I had nobody to motivate me, to keep me disciplined, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, if I gave up on my something, my mom would ask why, but not push me. I didn't have no male figure to kind of like, hey, one, none of my deals, my deals had their own kids, and, mm-hmm. you know, there was just... There's nobody to kind of encourage me, right? And what about building the friendships with the, the your teammates? Mm, not, I knew some. Well, most of them were my. A lot of them were my friends at school, but um, no, I I I don't know. I was just more attracted to like the homies, and, and I was more attracted to running the streets, mm-hmm. and that that was just kind of like, it kind of consumed me, right? And 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 I remember my my, they when they kicked me out of junior high, my mom sent me with my dad. And I was up there for a couple of weeks 
maybe like a month, and mm-hmm. he had me working. You right? got expelled for fighting? Uh, from, yeah, I yeah. got kicked out of the school district. And so they're like, you can start, you can try again next year at a different school. So I was like, okay. okay. That was in Tribune, right? Because um, I thought it was cool to get kicked <laughs> out and go try a different school, uh, right? Yeah. So I wasn't really tripping, and then uh, I was with my dad, and so... This is what I was going to get into was I was up with my dad for like a month in San Jose and it was just me and him. He wasn't with his wife anymore. And he actually had me working. I was 12 years old. He had me doing invoices and numbers and all because I knew how to do all that. And it, it was kind of cool because we would hang out. We would watch TV. We, we would, you, you, you know, just do a few things. I, I remember that we would go out and, and and we would get the soccer ball and we would go kick it and like play mm-hmm. soccer. And I, I remember that. I think back now, like I still, I, I remember that like, like that, the happiness from that. Yeah. Right? Just the simple stuff, right? Just by and thinking about it, you could yeah, feel it. Yeah, yeah. I remember I could picture it, and, and it's been so long, but I, I think, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I remember that. But um, I, I missed home. Yeah. I missed, like, doing what I wanted, and I missed kind of, like, being with my mom. And, and so I wanted to go back home. And my Was mom, it uh, being with your mom, or was, or was it a lot with, running the streets both. I think it was both yeah. right I'm still 12 years old I yeah. still want my mom you know yeah, you still had the home yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah I went back and I think that's when yeah I started getting more into trouble I went to another junior high I went to La Colina junior high and, and same thing there fighting and, and you know I, I liked it because I was going to school out there and I was getting attention from all the girls and, and the new kid yeah the new <laughs> kid right the troublemaker yeah. and you know, it was cool. It was just different people, and and but I started getting into trouble out there and started getting into fights, and you know, the same old thing. And now I started seeing more homies that I grew up going to juvenile hall, and mm-hmm. you know that started becoming normal, and, and 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 things like that. And so I was just like, this is like eleven. You're saying eleven, twelve, twelve, so yeah, twelve, you, going to are thirteen. You drinking and smoking. Yeah, already drinking, this? drinking and smoking. I really, yeah. we would do like. We would do uh, uh, coke here and there. It was just easy. Everything was easy to get. You could yeah. get it on the street. Like there was people literally driving around selling drugs, and you could just get it. Right? It was so easy to get it back then. You know, even if you had ten bucks, five bucks, you know, and, and getting in twelve packs and forties every day, right? And just drinking either at the park or at the school or or if anywhere we could find some stairways at the high school and you know at at, at one of the homies' houses and, and we were just all and, and, and you know what? It, it's crazy because. We were all kind of knuckleheads, but um, we were all like kind of almost real respectful to people, you know. Mm-hmm. But but when we were on our own, it was different, you know. And we we had a house on Haley and Elisos that we would all hang out at, and it was just kind of like open twenty four seven for us to go. And one of the homies, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was like five. There was like it was just like one, two, three. There was like three houses almost right by each other. We were all homies, and we would all hang out right there. Mm-hmm. So we were all there, and, and you know nobody was really you know. People were getting arrested here and there, but not really as much. But um, it was just, we were just drinking and we're all hanging out. And then we would go to State Street, get in trouble over there and just doing that, you know. And then um, I think uh, um, things probably started changing in, in when we were all, 30, when I was 13, right? I started, I, I went to Juvenile Hall. We got pulled mm-hmm. over during festas and they found some stuff in the car and it was next to me. So they took me in and, and you know, I went for one night and my mom picked, my mom picked me up in the morning, but... I think that's kind of what started it, right? I mean, I didn't want to be home, right? There was no, there was no reason for me to really kind of be home. I like being on the streets. Mm-hmm. I like to be up all night and and 
I like to just drink and, and I didn't want to go to school, right? I started going to other schools. I started going to uh, um, to probation school, to La Villa, and, and I didn't want to go there. I started getting fights there, and, and and I don't know. It was just that life, you know, and, and just when. And you're 13, and the th- crowd you're kicking it with are they mostly 13 year old? Mm, they're all 13, older. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. From 13 through 17, that was yeah. that was about it. I was. Yeah, and then everybody started going um, to boys camp, and, and so that was the thing, and I remember going to boys camp, and a bunch of us were up there, my brother was up there, a bunch of us were up there, and it was almost like we were all hanging out up there, and, and we all started going in out of June Hall and camp, and then they started sending people to the youth authority, and I kind of, I think from 13 to 15, um, I was going from camps to placements to group homes and like that, and I would go to places... I'd spend about a month or two there, and then I would run them back and be on the run until they arrested me. Go to juvenile, and it was a pattern for a couple of years. And your first, yeah. like first stay over a over a night, yeah, like going into weeks. How yeah. how much of a big difference was it from you? Because like you said, you were up north with your pops, yeah, but yeah, you had that homesickness to yeah. go home to your to your mom. Yeah. How was it staying away from from <sighs> all of that? But it was it was different because I liked it. Right, and you had was, homies in there yeah, at the yeah, same time. Everybody was yeah. in there. Everybody was in there, so it was just like, it was nothing. I was like, I would, it would always be, it would always be stressful when I'd get arrested because I knew there goes my freedom. Mm-hmm. But after that, it was just like whatever, you know. It became normal to me, you know, and, and that's where I, I mean, that's almost where I felt comfortable. It was like, I don't know. Um, I just got so used to it. Did you did you gain any like uh was there anything positive that came out of boys camp placements no. or juvenile hall? No, nothing, nothing. It was a little different when I was there. It was more uh, uh kind of like it was there was a structure, but it was just like go to school, hang out, go to school, hang out, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't really you know. If anything, I would get worse because I would meet people from other areas, and they would tell me stuff they're doing, and so and I started uh, um I started picking up on stuff from them. So it really didn't, it just kind of made me worse, right? And So you learn more. More <laughs> negative stuff, yeah. right? So I I, I kind of knew when I was younger that I was going to go to the Youth Authority, and I knew that I was going to go to prison. And Youth right? Authority being YA? Yeah. yeah. So I knew that was kind of like my destiny, right? And, and you know, we, we used to do uh, crank, and we used to do coke, and we used to do acid, and we used to do all these drugs, but it wasn't like our... our our main focus right mm-hmm. we would just do it to party and have a good time but um so i wouldn't i wouldn't um i wouldn't say i was as consumed with drugs right and i don't think i think i didn't start doing the uh uh i didn't do heroin probably until um probably until it was maybe when i got out of prison the first time maybe mm-hmm. when i was like 20 years old so each yeah. time that you tried something new was it because it sounds like you progressed from just drinking and smoking, then coke, crank, and then was there any hesitation to ever try it, or was never. it like here and you're like, okay, never, never, <laughs> let me get at that real yeah, quick. Yeah, always, always, because it was just like normal, right? Everybody had it, and it was always, like, oh, I want to try that, I want to try that, right? Yeah. No, I don't think <laughs> nobody ever sat me down and said, look, if you try this, Victor, you might want it. No, I was like, hey, try it out. You might feel like this. You might feel it was always yeah. like the effects. It was never like the consequences. Yeah, never Nobody, the bad effects. Only yeah, the good. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I can't really remember anybody sitting down and saying like, "Look, this is this is what could happen." 
um, maybe you should try going to school. Maybe you should try this. I don't. I cannot remember anybody sitting down in, in my adolescence years just talking to me and try to guide me in the right direction. I mean, the homies would, but it was only what they knew. It was like, come yeah. on, come and have a beer. You're talking about yeah. seventeen year olds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they don't know. Yeah, right? they're they're kind of not too far yeah. off from where you're where you're at yeah. at that time. Yeah, so they're. I mean, they tried and and they treated. They always treated me like a little brother just because I was young and. You know, but um, we just didn't have the, 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 the knowledge and we had smartness to survive. We had that knowledge, mm-hmm. like to get by and, and know how to do certain things. But we didn't we didn't know how to like, look, let's be cool. Let's go back to school or, you know, things like that. So then there was never no thought of like, what if I keep doing this? What's my adult life going to look like? Never, that never passes never, through. Uh-uh. Because I was enamored by the dudes that would get out of prison that were all blasted and big, right? Yeah. I thought that was cool. So I was like, oh, that'll be me one day, yeah. right? I remember, I remember. I think when my first year in junior high, they, and it was probably a joke, but I remember when they, they asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, oh, I want to be a veterano. So I remember, <laughs> it was a joke, but it was kind of partly yeah. serious, right? Because no, I remember yeah. easily homies saying that their, yeah. their main goal was to get to Pelican Bay, yeah. you know, yeah. back in the day. That was their goal in life to yeah. do it. Um, and yeah so I easily see that being something that that you're looking towards so you bounce around from the hall placement camp and you did you AWOL from camp yeah I AWOL a couple times AWOL from placement all those I would never stay put Uh because I wanted to run back to the streets and I wanted to go do the same thing I didn't care about I really never really cared about the consequences it was in um, I, I, I think you know at a young age I accepted that look you already know what's gonna happen. Yeah. We already know we're gonna get locked up. Let's well, see how especially long we can when your when your goal is to be a veterano yeah. <laughs> out the pen anyways. Yeah. I mean, you're doing all the work to to do it. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I had I had I could not see anything else in my life. Mm-hmm. That's all I could see in front of me. You know, I that's a small know. world. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah. Like I, you're just in this little bubble, and but you think it's the whole world. I mean, you could daydream while you're in that cell and think about the good things, but if you don't. I didn't have the school. I, I, I would, so let me say me. Mm-hmm. I would daydream about maybe living a good life, normal life, but I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to say, like, look, mom, I want to I wanna go to school, but I could not. There was just way too much peer pressure, and all the people that were in my life now were all involved with gangs and stuff, right? Yeah. All the friends I grew up with kind of like, kind of, you know, uh, started playing sports and just doing different things, right? But I, 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 I was almost too in, in, too into it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I had no way, I had no strength and no no knowledge of how how do I get away from this. And, but even if I did, I, I even if I did have the strength and knowledge, I don't know if I really wanted to. I've yeah. kind of accepted my my destiny at a young age, you know. And but, when you when you graduated to jail and then to prison, yeah. Was that a bit? Was it a big change for you? Even though you had been getting locked up, or it was kind of like, oh no, I'm prepared for this. I already well, been I going think, through it. Um, I was nervous going to prison, but I had been in jail most of my life, so I kind of already knew how to adapt, right? And but I, I think, hmm, what, I say? like, what were you most nervous about? Just <laughs> watching too many prison movies, <laughs> right? You see all that, yeah. right? And, and, but I mean, I, had, I I knew people when I got up there, right? I was this uh, nineteen year old kid, but I knew a bunch of these older guys up there already. 
So they would see me, hey, what's up, you know? And, Where'd you first get sent to? To Wasco. Right. Yeah, and so, like, everything went to Wasco, and then, you know, I, I didn't spend too much time. I think um, I probably spent, like, maybe a year and a half in prison. Okay. Yeah, when I first went up there the first time. And you so, stayed in Wasco? You did that all that yeah. time in Wasco? Well, no, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Wasco, and then, and then um, I, I got out. And I remember, you know, for the first time, I think in my life, I wanted to do good. Mm-hmm. I got out of prison, and, and I wanted to do good, and I was working, and I was living with my mom. And this is age 20 now? Yeah, age 20, 20, 21, around there. And and I remember getting out. And, and So what was it about that experience this time that made you have a change of... I don't... Like a change your mind? I don't know. I, I don't know what happened, but I got out, and I was like... I think it was just like being gone from my mom for so long because there was a period of time where where I was almost gone for like it was it seemed like five years and I was only out for a couple months mm-hmm. and I think being gone and just kind of like let me try something different right and and I remember getting a job I was working at Rusty's and 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 um, call center at the store no at the they at had the me working the cashier straight oh. out of prison yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was cool right and I was working on, on Creo and and I remember I just wanted to settle down and do good, right? And and I and I and I did, and I was working, and and uh, um. But the thing that happened was when I got out, the first week that I got out, we went to a party, and and somebody got killed at that party, and so they found out that I was there and a bunch of other people were there, and so my kind of fate was already sealed, but I didn't know that, and I continued to my, live my life regularly, like working and and kind of just kind of. You were on parole at the yeah, time. Yeah, I was on parole. Yeah, and. Using or not? Mm, no. I was drinking, but I don't think I was using. I think yeah. I, I think that's well. You know what? I tried heroin for the first time, and I think I did it a couple times, but I wasn't really addicted to anything. I was just kind of like drinking here and there. But I was only home for about three weeks, mm-hmm. and they went to work my job, and they took me in from work, and and I went right back in for uh, for another year, and then I was you were at a place you weren't even supposed yeah, to be at anyway, hanging out with yep. the homies, gang association, yeah. and then. I went back in and, and I went back in and I did a year straight and I wasn't sold that and I got out and I was out for like a week mm-hmm. and I was at this chick's house and the chick's boyfriend was on the chick's mom's boy not the chick's boyfriend the chick's <laughs> the chick's mom's boyfriend was like, oh yeah that's <laughs> trouble already <laughs> well the chick's mom's boyfriend was on parole yeah. and he had a warrant and so I was over there having a beer with her I, was, I remember I was about to sit down and watch the Laker game I popped a beer open and there was a knock on the door and she said oh shoot it's the cops I was like Oh, hell no. And I was only out a week and they took me in because they found a bunch of they found a bunch of like drug paraphernalia and, and stuff at the house and and I went back in. I was still on white I was on dual parole, so I went back in and I was I went in for almost two years on that violation after Damn. being out only a week. And and then uh, um I think uh, so getting out from there I went to YTS and she, I was in I was down south in Blythe, and then I went to Chino to YTS because to, I was still on white parole to finish off my violation. And when I got out that time, I was I was doing meth in Chino, but I was introduced to it more on the streets. And mm-hmm. I think that's when uh, I think uh, age twenty three when my when I twenty three twenty four when I really got hard into like crystal meth. And I think uh, so that's the one thing that hooked. That's you? the one thing that started getting me. Yeah. And I I just I just I think what it did to me was I had been through like. Maybe a lot of like abandonment issues, and, and, and you know, there's other stuff going on at home that I didn't really share, you know. And uh, 
you, you, you know, uh, um, you know, my mom going through the stress she went through and, and things like that. I wasn't protected at home, and, and so I'd get whooped on a lot mm-hmm. by, you know, by different people. And, and so that, you know, I think a big part of my drinking and and, and doing drugs is because it gave me courage, right? Because I didn't have, the, when I was a kid, I didn't have the ability to fight back. But I knew if I was drinking and I acted and talked a certain way, then people would respect me and they wouldn't mess with me, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, what Crystal Meth did was I think... I feel like it started like kind of like triggering like certain emotions, right? Because when I'd be up too long and too high, I would start like mind getting, would start yeah, doing things. Yeah, I would. Yeah, and and, and you know, um, but by this time I was, you know, I had the tattoo on the head, tattoos on my arms, and I want to give off this persona, right? And, and you know, people, I would say in in general, um, like. I mean, it's funny because I was, I was, I was tripping out when you and Philip were talking, right? And why I acted a certain way. I did because I was, I've always deep down the side been kind of scared, right? Mm-hmm. Always, always. But I knew if I acted and talked a certain way and did certain things, then people would respect that. But that wasn't really who I was, right? I wanted to put off this persona that, you know, um, somebody, you know, one of the things I learned in juvenile hall was that, um, like, if you acted in violence, like people respect you, right? And there's this guy I met from I remember from Guadalupe, and and I would hear stories about him, like 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 uh, always like stabbing people when people were scared of him. I was like, I want to do that. I want people to respect me. Or you know? fear you. Yeah, 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 fear, yeah. And so I remember I do, doing that, and I remember people like it was almost like this person like people respected and were kind of like sometimes feared that person mm-hmm. but I knew deep down inside who I was even right? at that time you know you're, you're talking about older, reflecting all, you, over seen... all these years through all the years through all the years right so you even in the moment knew you were putting on a, a, a I always kind of knew yeah I always kind of knew right and, and you know I always like even now I think we'll probably get to more later but even even now why I try to smile and be so like why I feel so free where I could get along with people is because I finally could be myself, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, so going back to the crystal meth was was almost like, it just started messing with my head, right? I started tripping and, and, and things like that and I was staying up, I wasn't taking care of myself, but um, people still, I hadn't crossed those lines yet where I had like lied and cheated to people, right? Mm-hmm. People were still walking me to their homes and, and I was still really respectful and I would make sure things were okay and, and I was still doing my knucklehead stuff, right? And, and still doing some stupid stuff, but um, but that's when I think it started, right? And then and then there was, I think I, I went back to prison and I finished off my, my time and I was off parole and everything. I went back to prison. You won't, you wouldn't use or oh, yeah. Yeah. I would use heroin in prison. I don't want to do no crystal meth in prison. <laughs> Jump off the walls, but I was doing heroin in prison. Right. One, one of the older homies was my Sally and Soledad and, and we would always get heroin because mm-hmm. he tattooed. And so we would always have heroin. Just right. get work done. Yeah, he would, out. he would do it. Yeah. yeah, and so the thing was, I I remember with um, the thing what heroin did for me was it felt good physically, but it also uh, um, made me comfortable with myself. Right, mm-hmm. like I could just be whatever I was and not care about anybody thought, right? Because I've always cared about that, and and you know, so the reason why I put on that persona because I wanted people to see me a certain way because I really cared what other people thought. Right, and so, but heroin took that all away. 
Heroin mm-hmm. just kind of like blew me out the water, right? Mm-hmm. For some people say, oh, I feel so good. I go, well, for me, it felt good, but it also gave me courage. It also made me feel normal. Yeah. You know, I couldn't get that anywhere. I was like, what the hell, you know? And so... And so when you weren't using heroin, would you go up and down then if you were... I would do whatever, on, yeah. You were on it. You felt like you'd be yourself. Yeah. But the day after, if you didn't have it, you'd go back to the regular. Uh, like yeah, but I could always drink or do other stuff, yeah. right? Take pills and stuff, and so. So the more it seems like the like the downers would make you kind of yeah. relax, get calm, and be yourself. No, actually, the the downers would give me more energy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. Know, I know what you mean. Yeah, they would give me more energy. The crystal meth would kind of calm me down. I mean, I would still have energy because I was young, but. Yeah. Um, and so um, but the crystal meth would just kind of like you know it's crazy because I hate crystal meth I've always like I have this hate for it but I always did it yeah and and, and like heroin was always there for me but heroin was the one that really kind of brought me down Uh right Um, it started with it started with the pill addiction in my mid-twenties and I was with my daughter's mom and she was working in the medical field and we would have like access to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like Vicodins like, like literally we would have hundreds and hundreds of pills in our closet at all times you know i finally um i finally left my mom's house and i went with my my baby's mom because she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and i was like you know what i'm not gonna be like my dad i'm gonna be there for my daughter right and so i was like in my in my mid-20s yeah and i i moved out and i lived with her and we had a a place and you know things were good right i kind of like stepped away from the homies a little bit it wasn't like everyday thing it Mm -hmm. was just like i lived I moved away from Santa Barbara and I was living in Lompoc and I was like, I was determined to be a good dad. I went to every doctor's appointment. Um, I was there for a walk with her. I treated her good, right? And I was working and I was trying really hard and, you, you know, uh, um, but I, I was starting, little did I know that while I was doing that, I was building this this addiction to opiates because I was taking the Vicodins and mm-hmm. I was taking other stuff and, you know, I didn't think it was going to lead to the next thing and, and you know well those are so easy right because yeah. there's no cooking no, there's no there's no especially if you yeah. have them already stashed in yeah it, you just put it in your mouth swallow and and take them yeah i i i honestly i can honestly say it might sound stupid for because i've been doing drugs my whole life but i did not know they were like that addicting at the time mm-hmm. you know um oh it's easy especially when you got doctors writing yeah. prescriptions to go get it you yeah know, you know it's easy to think that that's not gonna happen. It's yeah, just, I, I, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know, and 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 you know, um, things were good. Like like we had our own place, and everything was cool. And my daughter was born, and she had her daughter, and I was there for him. But you know, um, as I got, as the pills started not becoming enough, and and I started getting more into heroin and, and back to crystal meth again. Like there was this yearning inside for me to go. Uh, um, go back to the streets and continue to do what I had to do and I started doing that and I started I started running around again out there and because and, and, I knew people out there and I was coming back to Santa Barbara and I started getting back in the mix and I, I, think, was like, I think that's around the time that I probably first met you yeah because I remember around that time I remember seeing your cousin in Santa Maria uh-huh. with, the, with the sister up there when they yeah. were living up there yeah right and I remember meeting them and just uh-huh. kind of like getting back to yeah. that but I, I, I remember like it was, it was, it's insane, and it sounds kind of crazy, but I miss the whole lifestyle. I miss going in and out of jail. I miss, like, being, uh, uh, I didn't have to be, fa- I, didn't, I miss, how do you say, I miss 
not being tied down to one one woman, yeah. right? I missed, I missed. Promiscuous. Yeah, yeah. I missed you all missed that, right? That, yeah, because yeah. I, 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 in my head, I thought I was just big on whatever, right? Yeah. Maybe it was just Suavecito. my ego. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was just my ego. I don't know, but I missed that, right? I missed just not, uh, not answering to anybody. And, yeah. and so I came back down and I started just running back the streets again. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. it was, I did, I did, I said I wouldn't be like my dad, but I ended up being worse, right? Yeah. Because, because I would take the car, go to Santa Barbara, leave it without a car. I would, I just, I, you know, I, I just left, I left her hanging, and 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 I left her with my daughter and her daughter, and 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 I left, I left my daughter's mom hanging, and, and you know, I, 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 I did them bad, you know, and I think I did worse than what my dad did, and 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 um, I I went back to the streets and and. Not too long later, I was back in prison. You yeah. know, I was back in prison, and, and I was back in the mix. And and you know that the crazy thing is, when I got out of prison, it was almost like my addic- my addiction got worse. Right, I would go back to it. It was almost like a kid. It's almost like I don't know what happened, but my addiction got worse. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and I wasn't seeing my daughter. Um, I was out running around the streets like I was still a little kid, and. Yeah. And so I remember you, if you, if you were about 24, 25, right. that means I was about 21. Yeah. I probably just had had my, my, my last kid, my yeah. fourth, my fourth um, kid. And uh, I remember at that time I was still in, I was in this limbo, right? I, like, yeah. I had got jumped in at 15, yeah. you and I from the same place. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember I, it got a little, as I started having kids at yeah. 17, I I wanted to kind of pull away from yeah. that, but uh, I wanted to pull away from just going out on the streets every day. I didn't yeah. really want to pull away from the homies because yeah. those were the only friends I've ever had and ever uh, ever known. Yeah. But it got more and more difficult, right? You start hearing like, "Oh, you're not kicking it yeah. enough. Yeah. You should be doing this. You should be doing yeah. that." And uh, at 18, I started my um, my first business. And I started giving all the homies work. Yeah, so, I remember that. So that's why with the that, vans, right? With the vans, yeah, yeah. everything with the yeah. trucks, and I was able yeah. to, I was able to um, still kind of hold that bond with them yeah. and, and have some sort of relationship with them. But they were always all they were all like always on dope. Yeah, you know? I remember so, that. No, I remember cause, like the whole crew. I remember because they would be partying and they would all have the shirts. Yeah. <laughs> we would all be chilling and they would all have the shirts. Yeah, on. Like, we don't so, got to take the shirts off. Yeah, you know, as a young as a young um, business owner, yeah. I was learning everything that just as I did it. Yeah. But I knew that sometimes I have big jobs and I just needed a bunch of bodies to yeah. come help me with it. And the homies were a great source because who else is yeah. just sitting around waiting for a phone call to say, hey, you want to get some work? Yeah. And so as that time went on, you know, things started getting like a little a little shady and I just the restroom breaks were taking too long. Yeah. And then one homie going in yeah, after yeah, another yeah. and then and then like checks would start miss be yeah. missing and then. The one thing that I finally had to put an end to it was we were doing work in a brand new building and I had a, a, a solid amount of homies on the crew and some of them are my, my primos yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But all from we're all from the yeah. we're all from the same place and um somebody I had got a call from the project manager saying there's tagging in the bathroom and I figured he probably meant like, you know, taggers, what yeah, taggers yeah, yeah. go do. 
So I didn't, I wasn't really sweating. And I just said, well, let, tell him, I mean, at, what is it? What does it say? And, and he told me the initials. <laughs> <laughs> the three initials? Yeah. So then I knew, I knew then that it had to be us. Yeah. And I, and I brought all the homies, just wanted to talk to them man to man. I just grouped them all up and I said, hey, this is what I'm being presented with. Does anybody, like who, who ended up doing it? Just expecting them to say, oh, Gil, my bad. I yeah, fucked yeah. up. I guess I wasn't thinking right. But nobody said nothing. So I'm like, that's how you guys are gonna be with me, like after all these, after all these years, yeah. and and uh, so I said, well, look, if none of you guys want to say who did it, then I'm just gonna have to fire all of you, yeah. have to fire my whole crew. I don't, I, I don't care, but I can't be having that. So they went and had a little meeting amongst themselves a couple of days later, and I don't know if the person they they um they made be the scapegoat was actually the person yeah. or they just said, Hey, you don't got no kids. Yeah. You got the least to lose. Like yeah. you take the rap for it. But after that, I kind of really just started phasing, yeah. just phasing them out and, and stopped using them all together. And then that's when it, that's when the only time I would ever see them would be actually still going out. And, uh, that's when I remember seeing you. And I always remember thinking like you were one, you were one of the ones that would give me, um, verbally like nobody ever yeah. gave me a physical hard time yeah. a couple times that it did i handled it with no yeah. no big deal but um like verbally i yeah. always remember you saying like you know oh, he's, he's not kicking enough or i always hear that yeah. you know um, that victor saying this saying that but i remember you like you're you were just seemed like you were on <laughs> you're on all the time you know and you're and it it did seem like like you just loved the like the gang life and everything like that and me i was like playing on the edge having a whole family yeah. taking my baby's mama out with me and and granted a lot of them were my family yeah. hanging out too but um i do i do remember that uh about you back then you had a shaved head yeah. no shaving anymore <laughs> yeah so yeah that that takes me back to to remember you and just when you talk about that persona that's the trip because uh, to me i didn't see anything uh, like you did a good job of uh, covering I, that up well I, i've been thinking about that for like since i heard it because that's all i really had that's all mm -hmm. i knew so i had to like i had to be i yeah. had to hold on to that yeah. right i didn't really have anything else right who is i gonna be or like like now like now i'm victor and i'm cool with it back mm -hmm. then i wasn't you know and i had to hold on to that name and i had to hold on to who i was and I had nothing else. I knew nothing else, right? And so I had to do it. I, yeah. I just, there was, what else was I going to do? I gave that up, you know? Who, where, where was I going to hang out at? Who was I going to kick it with, right? Yeah. Literally, I know I had a daughter in a, but the relationship had got so bad with my baby's mom where there was so much stuff going on that I, I just, I had so much hate and anger towards her, but it was really me causing all yeah, harm, you right? caused it, but you yeah, hurt yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, but she, you know, she did a few things, but I, I pushed her towards it, right? What would mm -hmm. you do if, if, if 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 you know this dude leaves you with the kids in this house and these bills, right? Yeah. You know, and 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 so I mean, yeah. I mean, that's all I had to hold on to, and and you know, and it's crazy because as I got probably into my early thirties, and it was just like I act like I cared, and maybe I got a little steam again, and I was mm -hmm. in the neighborhood every day with all the all the stuff that was going on, when all the really like deep stuff was going on, and. You know, but you know, during those times, I was, I was so on so many drugs, so much heroin, so many pills, right? That people couldn't trust me, right? So they didn't ask me to do anything anymore, right? Which, right. which was like, okay, that's cool, and, and 
people would tolerate me. So I was, you know, I was the 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 younger dudes was always like look up to me, and I'm like thinking like, damn, they don't really know me, but they look up to me, and so like I would, you know, I would I would still hang around the streets and, and do certain things, and I was still getting in trouble, and this mm-hmm. was my early thirties, but like my kind of drug addiction was taking over, and, and you, you know, I was I was. I was in and out of uh, jail, and, and you know, and, and I, they weren't sending me to prison no more. So, like the stints in jail were getting shorter and shorter. So, because it was always just for drugs. Now. Yeah, I was just yeah. getting dirty tests for not reporting. Yeah. So it was like I wasn't catching cases no more, and 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 you know, uh, they finally changed the whole thing where you weren't going to prison no more for violations. So mm-hmm. it was in and out of county, and, and and I remember just just like my addiction getting really bad, and, and you know, it was like. You, you know, I was running around the streets and being high, high, and I didn't know what I was thinking. And I think uh, I'll, I'll get to like the kind of tipping point. So before you get to that tipping point, you touch base on something that I really that I really want to talk about, and that's when we when we talk about gangs. Like uh, when Philip and I yeah. did our podcast, I was the title of it was like "Gangs Aren't Going Away." Yeah. What you had said, you being thirty years old, yeah. still going out onto the streets, yeah. but you're thinking. Well, what else do I got? Yeah. You know, I don't got nothing lined up. And then at the same time, you say you got homies looking up to you. Yeah. But so in your head, you're thinking like, in in one hand, like, fuck, like, I got 30 years of my life. I got really nothing to show yeah. for it. I'm strung out. I have zero options. Uh, but yet I still got all these youngsters looking up to me. Like how, how, I mean, why? You, it's it's kind of hard to think like why somebody in that position would want to be out then right because they're getting their they're getting there's somebody still yeah and what's their other what's their option like being a nobody yeah and and then the youngsters are looking up to somebody who doesn't like who they are and doesn't want to be in the position they are but they're not letting it be known and then so the youngsters does everything that 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 person did and now they're in that in in your position yeah you know 15 years later and then the cycle just keeps continuing yeah. and continuing. And, and and it just seems like uh, we were all there as teenagers being told outside of our gangs from family who cared about us saying, hey, it's going to lead you to nowhere. These guys, they don't really care about you. They're, you know, they're not going to end up in, in doing anything with their lives. But as a teenager, you're like, no, that's not, not my homies. Yeah. Not my homies and mine are different. Yeah, because but, but it doesn't, to, right? Well, I knew how to walk the walk and talk the talk, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I really, I mean, I would do my best to take care of them the same way they, the same way I was taught to take care of the the older guys who were taking care of me. That's all I knew how to take care of them, right? Make yeah. sure they were safe, make sure they had what they needed, and, and you know, I, I would, you know, I, I just, I would just, I think a lot of them maybe felt like a little safe around me, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, but yeah, I mean. I really didn't know what to turn to, right? It's just the same thing that I always reverted to. Go back to the homies. Go back, right? That's all I knew how to do, right? Um, and and I think a little bit I was getting a a little a little bit burned out because you know uh, the you know in my younger years I go you know what all I want is you know to have a, a good girlfriend and, and and have kids, right? And my daughter's mom, I, I met her when I was 12 and she was 11. We weren't together, but we had this long history. She grew up in Galita and, you know, we we had this history. And this is like, you know, this is a person I really, like, truly love, right? And mm-hmm. and not just, you know, not because she was beautiful and, 
and, and, we, and just because we got along good and we knew mm. each other's history and we could talk about anything and you know she was one of the first people that i was able to like kind of get emotional with right because yeah. i i don't remember for most of my life having com- real conversations with people right and so but i went back to this thing and, and that's all i knew and, and you know i was still attracted to it right i was still attracted to it but it was a little different as i got older you know the, um it was it, it was still about it right i had it on my face i had it on my head on my body and and you know it was almost like i was committed to it and but the drugs were kind of like taking over mm-hmm. right and, and and you know um once i had the drugs in my system it was cool i could do whatever i needed to do right but i never thought about getting a job right i could make money other ways and 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 uh i was never a good drug dealer i sucked <laughs> at drug dealing because you used right? Cause i was or, used, yeah. right and yeah. i wasn't i wasn't i'm not i didn't have that i don't have that hustler yeah i don't have that work ethic right? no no i didn't because <laughs> right? people always took care of me yeah. right people always took care of me even as i got older there was some way i could manipulate you know i could manipulate a woman into taking care of me mm-hmm. and opening up her home and you know, I was always for some reason I was always good at that. I was like, I would like manipulate these women, and I was like, damn, they can't see through my BS. Like, you can't tell I'm lying, right? But they would do it, right? And, and you, you, you know, um, but that was me like feeding my addiction and, and feeding my lifestyle, you know. And, and as, as I started going in and out of jail again in my early 30s, like, like the drugs took over, right? And what, what I wanted, did you? Do you want me to get into the the tipping point, or did you? Want yeah, to... right. But on so when you said you were manipulating women yeah. first, yeah. So the young ladies out there can they were, can and, understand, like yeah, what the things you were telling them, like oh, I love you, you're beautiful. Mm, or, I wouldn't. Like, even, I wouldn't even say I love you. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would just just kind of give them the attention. You know, I I would look for like a vulnerability and and, and expose it. And expose. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't make any promises or, or exploit anything. it. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and it was usually a lot of times the women were older than me, mm-hmm. right? Had kids and were single, and so you knew they were yeah. lonely. They wanted well, somebody. they thought I was this little kid because I look young. And I guess <laughs> I've always been told you look younger than your age, yeah. right? And, and so they would, they would, you know, and I would, I, I, you know what? I wouldn't make promises or anything, and I would never say I'm going to change my life, and mm-hmm. and, and I kind of always was kind of like straightforward. But look, my homies come first, and that's the way it is. And a lot yeah. of them were like, okay. No, I'll show you. Yeah, I'm not gonna take you. But they were the same. I think they were the same way. Be like, they're like, well, I'm I'm not taking this dude around. Like, like, well, you know what? I don't know. No, they wouldn't allow me around their kids, and they would allow me around their family. Right? Like, I don't know what it was, but I, I just, I was just like, damn, like whatever. You know, I took it and and I ran with it, and and it helped me survive. Right? And I always, I still had my mom. Yeah, my mom would always have my mom was mama's boy, and she would never close her door on me. Feed right? you, open the Feed house, me, make sure I still give me a hard time, but still give me whatever I needed, yeah. right? And you know, um, but she was getting older, and she was starting to get sick. She she had diabetes, and she suffered with migraines, and, and you know, um, she would just make sure you know I would be gone for days and days, and go back home, and you know, um, it was just like I was in this whirlwind for a little bit, right, and. When the drugs really started taking over, and, and you know, I started like combining more and more drugs, and, and I, th- I was, you know, staying up all night. And I remember I was getting to the point where I was kind of just like, kind of becoming a loner, not wanting to hang mm-hmm. around with it. I just wanted the drugs. That's it. I don't even want to be around anybody anymore. I started getting to that point, the isolation. Yeah. Where I was okay being in my room, getting high. As long right. as you had your yeah. stuff. That's yeah. It. Yeah. And, and before you touch base on that 
tipping point because I think a lot of times in the conversations that I have we glaze over a little bit of oh yeah I started doing drugs at this age and then yeah. I, and then I, I tried these different ones yeah. and it was always kind of like the party yeah. aspect of it but what are some of the biggest regrets you've had from what drugs made you do probably lying and, and stealing from my mom mm-hmm. right taking her pills and stuff like that right knowing I didn't have to yeah um I would think that's probably the the worst one. It's not easy to say, but that's what happened. Yeah, I did no, do that. Like that knowing she need she had a prescription because yeah, she, she needed them. It, yeah, and you just wanted them. Yeah, and yep. she would. I mean, yeah, manipulating her. Um, I think there was there was one time where um, I wasn't. I was like maybe coming down off heroin. I was feeling sick and, and I didn't have anything yet. And 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 seeing my daughter, right? I was at one of her uncle's house. And seeing my daughter, and my daughter was like maybe four or five, and me trying to hide from my daughter, like trying to hide from her, she saw me, and she's like, Dad, right? And I went over there, and we, I spent time with her, and, and you know, and it was really quick, but it was just like, huh. It was a, that, that moment brings a lot of shame, those mm-hmm. two things, right? Because um, you're feeling so sick, you yeah, didn't want her to see you like yeah, that. Yeah, I just felt so much shame mm-hmm. trying to hide from my little girl, and she caught, like, she, but she wasn't mad or anything, I just hung out with her, you know? And, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, things like that, um, those things stand out the most. I probably did a lot of other things, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have done yeah, a lot of but things. those yeah. are the things that are yeah. ingrained in you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think, yeah. But, yeah, it got to the point where I think I was just, like, really out of it, and I was I was messing around with this, this one chick, and she lived out in Galita, and she was selling so much crystal meth, and we were just way out of it. I don't know what the hell was going on with us, but... We would just fight and argue, and then I remember she tried to run me over one time, right? Like, growing time, literally missed me, like, twice within, like, seconds of each other. And her car was all messed up, and she drove me home, and we're so out of her mind that she called me later that night and said, are you coming over? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, we were just out of it. But we were both out of it. And we talk now. Mm-hmm. She's, 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 she's doing better. She's doing good, yeah. yeah. She, I mean, she's, she's going for her master's and stuff like That's that. You right. know? Like she's really, she's, so you're a good influence she, on her, well, spending no, all that time. No. Though. <laughs> I don't know. She already had a, a diploma from, uh, like, she already had a degree from UCSB, and she was really smart, but, like, we both got into, I think we both were kind of going with the same thing, where we separated from our families, and, like, she had her kids and everything, but she went through a separation with her kids' dad, and, and it was just, like, where I, I still have some type of, uh, there's a little bit of trauma still from that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it comes up from that know? relationship. Yeah. yeah, but we talk as friends. But there's still, some, you know, I, I you know, the, the thing about the addiction was like, you know, that I did the drugs and alcohol because of the trauma and the stuff that I went through to cover it up, it gave me courage and to mm-hmm. cover it up. But then I did more stuff yeah. and damaged myself even more and got it more. Give you the bravery yeah. and the courage to get into more yeah, and traumatizing events. More, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying, and I felt okay with isolating and getting high off my ass to mm-hmm. just kind of like forget about everything and forget about everybody right yeah. and and because you never gave yourself the time to decompress right to all the stuff you've been never, through never, all you did was go get, do some drugs to get through the day never. and get through more you know more uh, traumatic events yeah but never take the time to unwind everything oh and this was like 20 something years i've been mm-hmm. doing it. they've been going this has been going on the same path in and out drugs bad relationships uh abandonment all this stuff for 20 some years right and this is after being a kid and going through stuff i went through as a kid right yeah and so i mean when 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 uh, um you know i got to a point where i remember i was going to my mom's house and she lived on turnpike 
and she wouldn't let me in the house because she was like at the tipping point. Like, oh, that's finally it. got yeah. there. Yeah. She's like, that's it, right? After 30, 30 some years, and, and and I was out of my mind that night. And I remember she let me in the house, so I walked down the street, and I remember blacking out. And when I opened my eyes, there was cops all around me. And this is this had happened before where I black out and I had a bunch of like not a bunch, I had some drugs on me, and they took me in. And and I remember going in there, and I got a, I was in there, and I was in there. I was supposed to do eight months in there, in the county jail. And I was there on my seventh month, and there was some stuff going on in the county jail, like racial tension kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and and so <laughs> me, because all the homies were involved with all this other stuff at that time, right? I got it. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do this. I'll take care of this. Don't worry about it. So I did something in there and picked up a new case in there, and I got sent to the hole, and I was in the hole. And, and I remember I was supposed to go home like in 11, like in 11 days. Right, and I called my mom. I was like, "Mom, like, I'm not gonna come home. I got in trouble." And she's like, "Oh, what happened? Well, I'll be home soon. It'll be just a couple months extra they gave me, mm-hmm. right?" And she's like, oh, "Right," and I remember because she came to visit me before I got in trouble. When she came to visit me, she was like in front of me, but she was really sick. Her face was swollen. I could just tell she was off. And and I was like, "Mom, you need to go home. Like, I don't want you here. You need to go home." And she's like, "No, I'm here." I was like, "Mom, just go home. Please, I'll call you, mm-hmm. please." And I remember calling the guard and be like, "And she needs to go home. She's not feeling well." It's an emergency. Take her home. I'm canceling my visit. And, and then she went home. And, and, you know, then I got in trouble and I was in the hole. And I remember my date, my date came up. My original release date came up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wasn't tripping because I was in the hole. I was with the homie. We were all, whatever. It was nothing, right? Like, yeah, yeah you're in there. You're in the county. Right yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're in our cell all day long. We're not yeah. coming out anymore. And and at this time, for getting too much, in tr- I was getting in trouble. And then uh, I remember, I remember I was at my door. Me and my cellie were at the door, and the chaplain walks into our unit, and the door closes behind him, and he comes like straight to my door, and he's like, "Hey, it's your uh, Victor Vega." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Your mom is Martha Cameron." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, she passed away yesterday. Let me know if you need anything." I'm like, <laughs> he wasn't. I didn't see any compassion or nothing. I was like, and I broke down. My cell, he's like, "Damn, you all right?" You know, and I broke down and I was crying. Like right I, then and there. Yeah, or? I broke down and I was crying, and like, damn. And I remember that. And I remember, I remember they gave me a four-hour pass to go see her. And, and a six-hour pass to go see her. And, and and I was so like, you know, I wanted to go see her, her body at the rosary. But even then, my addiction was still stronger than my love for my mom. Because all that for those six hours, I was just calling people. And, and people were just bringing me all kinds of drugs and all kinds of stuff to take back to the jail. Mm-hmm. That's why I was consumed with that. And then they let me go home a couple days later, right? And, and and you know what? It was, I think in the the in the in, this happened in, in she passed away in in January of 2013. So it was just seven months, years, and and for the next year or so, I I really got really bad into my addiction. Like like I wasn't taking care of myself anymore. I was living on the streets, living in in dope houses, sleeping wherever I could kind of wearing the same clothes over I kind of threw myself people were feeling bad for me and I could see it people were that people didn't have no respect for me no more and, and, and you know the one person that I always had was gone you know the mm-hmm. one person you expect to always be there was gone and 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 I, I don't know I was just I, I lost myself I was you know I was using for a while I was using that to my advantage because people felt bad for me oh you lost your mind you know and I had a couple people that were just like holding on and, and for me and and I, I remember those I know those people you know they had so much pity on me they would spend time with me and talk to me and, and 
you know, it, it, you know, I went to the program in Santa Monica and I was there for like a month mm-hmm. and I kind of regrouped and went back, you know, and went back out and I left the program and went back out to the streets and, and Philip picked me up from the program and I went back to the streets and, and it just got worse and worse. And, and, and I would go into jail and be there for like a couple of weeks and get out and get, go back to it. And, and I had no hopes, no ambitions. I was like, I was slowly just like kind of digress, digressing and, and I didn't know what to do anymore. And, 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 um, I was like, it was actually like literally a block away from where the, the center's at. Mm-hmm. I was at my, my lowest point right there. I would just stay, I would just stay in that garage and just put a needle on my arm all day long, all day long. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's somebody's pad? That's somebody's garage. Yeah. That's it. That's all I would do. And I don't know why the dude let me stay there, but he did. And, and I, I don't know. Um, I, I just, I was, I was just, I was doing bad. I was bringing all my bridges. People weren't letting me stay there anymore. And like, it, it just, I was at, at my bottom and, and I would go days without eating. I wouldn't eat. Uh, um, my family didn't kind of really want me around right at that time. Uh, um, and, and I was done. And, and, and I remember going back to jail and, and I was sitting in the jail cell and, and, and I went to court and the judge was like, well, we're going to let you back out in two weeks. And I told my lawyer, like, look, I don't want to get out. I don't want to get out. I have nowhere to go. I go, I need to go back to the program. And I wasn't going to go back to Santa Monica because I had shame. I didn't want to go right back, right? Mm Because there's people there that I knew already that had just left. And so they sent me back. And and I went to Santa Monica and I went back to Santa Monica. And I didn't go back because I wanted to change my life or do anything or get clean and sober. I just had nowhere to go anymore. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go back and, 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 and finally, I, I did. I mean, excuse me. I did go back, and when I got there, it was just like um, it was good to be there, right? And 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 and, and think it's been it my my journey, my my drugs and the gang started in 1991, and and I got back. I got to the program in 2014, and. and and I remember sitting there, and this the one of the big for. I remember sitting there, and I started kind of listening a little bit. Things were changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't change right away because I'd been living this life for so long. I I only knew how to talk and act and walk a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And, and and so, um, you knew there was somebody that wasn't the real Victor, but you hadn't practiced. I didn't know how to do yeah, it. Yeah, you didn't know yeah. how to do it. Yeah, and there was glimpses of it. There was. I think I think some people saw that because I would I would I I, I talk to people now. I'm like, why did you do it? Because I remember that that girlfriend, the one in Galita. She's like, I always saw something different in you. She goes, I'd always be around homies my whole life, but you're like different. I was like, well, I don't know. I thought I was so crazy, right, <laughs> in my head, right? Yeah. Not. Uh, and then I remember uh, um, there's this guy that used to come into the because there was a uh, we would have a devotion every morning at the program every morning before uh, our work therapy after breakfast. Right after breakfast, we'd go into the chapel for like 30 minutes and they would play music and people would read a few things and. This guy would uh, um, would come in. Different people would come in. And this guy was a graduate of the program, and he worked there, and he'd been clean and sober for years, and he'd been in prison, like a whole, mm-hmm. you know, old, you know, old veterano. And uh, he talked about praying and getting on his knees and praying. Right? I was like, oh, shoot. And I remember that. And I remember I went down to the chapel one day by myself, and nobody was around. And I remember, this was like, for me, this was like the first big step in my life. But I remember getting on my knees, and I started praying. And it wasn't like a prayer, like, oh, dear God, please. It was almost like begging God, like, please help me. Help me to change. 
I don't care what nobody thinks. I don't care what nobody says anymore. And I didn't like the, the script didn't flip that night. The light didn't turn on, but that was the first big step for me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I started becoming open. And, and I like I I always kind of believed in God, and I always wanted to live a life with God. I always knew, right? I always knew that I wanted to, and and. and and I finally now had the chance, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I I finally was in this place. I got taken out of my environment, and and I was in this new place, a safe place. And you know, I started working on myself. I started like getting involved with the AA community and with and with the church and things like that. And I really started digging in, and not to impress anybody or to show anybody. And, and it wasn't like I want to be there. It was just because I really wanted to change. And. And, and I started listening. I finally had these people in my life encouraging me, talking to me, and showing me the right way. Not mm-hmm. saying that, you know. And, and it was hard because, because I was like, I was sitting there thinking, like, damn, I'm never gonna get high anymore. Damn, I'm never gonna drink no more. Like, that's still how running I, through. Yeah, your head. like, how am I gonna cover up my anxiety and my depression and, and and my vulnerability? How am I gonna cover that up? I don't know. I was like, that was was scared, right? Yeah. And, and and I had the tattooed a K on my face I had the 93103 on my in my lip and I had VESK right here and and, and the guy was like the uh, the our mentor Jesse was like he's like he was the intake coordinator a dude that I have nothing but love and respect for like the way he deals with us right and he's like Victor you should think about getting the tattoos taken off and in my head I was like this, this was the discussion I had in my head I didn't say it out loud but discussion was head for like I can't take the tattoos I still remember I can't take the tattoos off because what if I go back to jail? I want people to see the tattoos. I don't want them to see me. Mm-hmm. And then that part was like, "You're like that sounds stupid. You're making a reservation for jail." And I told him, "I'll do it." I didn't say it out loud. I don't know if he was watching me, but yeah. that's but the that conversation. Was all right? Yeah, right there, I, I remember returning. these things, right? Yeah. I remember these things because these were all like crucial points in my life. And I started doing that, and I started dressing a little different and combing my hair and. Mm-hmm. and no shaved head because you can shave your head there anyways but yeah. I started doing that and wearing smaller clothes and you know one of the first things I tried to start stop doing is stop cussing because I, I knew that when I cussed it wasn't to look good but it was like when I start cussing and talking a certain way I get in that mood like, yeah. like F that fool you know I so didn't want to be like that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was part of your mask yeah so that I was interesting like, how you said those tattoos on yeah. your face yeah you said, I want them to see the tats. I don't yeah. want them to see me. Yeah. Obviously, their tats are on your face. But yeah. in your thought, that's kind of like a like a war mask you're putting on. Bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah I want people to, you want people to the perception, right? Uh-huh. Perception is big in that kind of lifestyle, right? And and, and so um, it's funny because I threw that I threw it out the window years ago when I got really hooked on heroin and all the other stuff, right? I kind of, like, that was done. It was yeah. done, right? But, um my ego kind of held on to a little bit of things right yeah. and so there was a struggle there was a little bit of struggle and, and but I, you know I, I i i was taught a worth ethic when i was there and, and well you had said you before you went to breakfast and <coughs> and then uh you said work therapy yeah i worked there so, so you work it was a free program but you work while you're there and uh-huh. you were there for like eight days you know it was could be anything from hanging clothes to picking up donations to working in the kitchen it just yeah. kept you busy yeah right so basically they're just putting you to work putting you to work and, and letting yeah. that letting that's, that do its work on that's you. part yeah. of it the other part was you would go to bible studies you would go to meetings you would go to groups and you would go to chapel right mm-hmm. they kept you filled they they gave you different options to kind of fill your uh, um to fill your spirit and i remember um one of the uh the managers at the program would take us to church 
like a van load of people to church every Thursday in in Echo Park, mm-hmm. and we would sit in traffic for like over an hour to get there. And and I remember one of the guys saying, uh, I don't remember his name, but I remember he's a big old biker pastor from North Carolina, and he was saying that he goes, he said this, he talked about filling your soul with good things, and that resonated with me. I was like, oh yeah, so that means I got to start doing good things, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever what that was was talking to people and. and and, and, and being helpful around the place and, and not asking for anything in return, just to be a service and be helpful. And, and, and you know, um, I think a lot of people kind of saw through it because uh, um, people would take their time, like when I'd go to AA or NA meetings and people would talk to me and they were seeing something different in me, right? They were seeing stuff and I had two pastors, Right. Well, I'll, I'll go on to that later. But the two pastors from the church that was connected, to the, that was part of the program, right? There was office. There was uh, Pastor Eric and Carrie. They would come over to the program, and and they had a church, the Church Salvation Army Church in Santa Monica, and they would come over, and I met them there, and really good people, and and like I met them there while I was at the program, and then um, I was at the program for I graduated after six months, which was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I made it. I made it that far, and. Never once did I fool myself into thinking that I was changed, right? That was just like a, like a small drop in the bucket. And, and you know, I, I started listening to people because I didn't know what to do. That was, I didn't start listening to people because I thought I was so smart and knowledgeable and I knew how to listen to people, but I didn't really know what to do. So I would listen and I would watch people and, and people that were successful and, and people that were treated people good. I would sit back and I would watch them. I would literally... Watch people how they treat each other in public, shake each other's hand. Hey, how are you? And just have a, you know, was like, hey, what's up, fool? You know, yeah. <laughs> hey, how you doing? And, you yeah. know, I, I started changing my behavior from the inside out, right? And and you know, the tattoo started coming off, and and and, and it was a, it was a, it was a struggle, but I had to really dig deep, and and I really had to start sharing and being vulnerable and, and being open about things and getting it out and not stuffing stuff in anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, doing a lot of writing, a lot of reading. Um, a lot of journaling I would write every day I would set goals for myself small goals treat this person nice um, be helpful to this um, you know uh, just you know ob- obtaining good knowledge and I yeah. was kind of like you know for me it was like reestablishing a foundation but based on God and my sobriety those were my foundations now not the homies not the drugs not the alcohol Right, not violence, none of that. That was all out the picture. It was all about God and my sobriety. So those were the things that were holding me up, and the things that surrounded that. And I started kind of like uh, repolishing myself, right? Because it, it it's a trip because a lot of people get into stuff while you know, and, and they don't start really really young. So they have kind of something to get back to to go back to. And people always say, "Well, you could be that person who you were before, right?" But I don't know. I was a kid before, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm 34, 35, and getting older, right? But I still feel like this little kid in this grown man body, yeah, right. And and, and the but, last person, last time you knew yourself, you were ten. I was so a kid. You can't go yeah, back to, yeah, to being ten at thirty. Yeah, 30 that's something years old. That's what it was, and it was hard. And, and you know, I, I graduated the program, and and and. and uh, Something I, like I felt this urge to want to help people and, and be involved and use my whatever I went through and, and something started happening like I started gaining courage right from the inside out right without substances and being confident and I started people say you got to learn how to love yourself for me it wasn't that for me it was learning how to like myself little mm-hmm. by little by little right it wasn't like like oh I love myself it wasn't 
Because I don't know how I really really didn't know what love was, right? I'm still learning about love today, to this point, 40 years old, uh-huh. still learning about love. And, and I started liking myself. And, and you know, my two pastors, I, 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 when I left, I went to the program. I was there for eight months. I went to Soul Bolivian and I stayed connected to the church. And the two pastors, Eric and Carrie, were kind of like, started taking me under their wing and really helping me out. And they started seeing something in me, right? I was almost like, I don't know, man. I don't know what they saw, right? Um, um, they they just started, uh, I don't know, they, they just, they had this thing, they, they threw me this birthday party, they had me, uh, uh, um, I told them I hadn't had a birthday party since I don't know when, right? Um, they they opened up they had this home that they were going to turn into kind of like a where, where Jason where you talk mm-hmm. to the one he manages before it was even a program it was just an empty house in a beautiful three bedroom house in, in Santa Monica and they're like Victor um, why don't you move into the house and take care of the house nobody's living there you can save some money I was like what why are you going to give me this beautiful three bedroom two bathroom house in Santa Monica right? beautiful just do it just yeah, yeah yeah I was like and I didn't believe him yeah. and like a week later Eric was like um, so when are you going to move in I was like Oh, you're serious? Because I didn't really believe like people wanted to give me stuff, and I didn't really believe none of this, right? And it it was crazy, right? Because I'm this little kid, like, where are you gonna give me this, right? And so I moved in, and they turned it into a program, and I became the first manager there, and mm. and I helped like open it up, and I was getting involved with the church, and and they helped me get a job at a senior residence, and they were they just helped me, but they didn't do everything for me. They laid the the, the groundwork, and I just kind of like followed through and you know this faith that I had in God and, and I continued to go into meetings even though I didn't have anybody looking on my shoulder I could mm-hmm. do whatever I wanted I knew that I didn't want to because I knew I know where my addiction takes me right mm-hmm. I've seen it with my own eyes not I'm not gonna I don't have moms to go back to I don't have uh, uh, nice things to go back to right yeah. I have me and I know where it's gonna take me I have no I don't lie to myself right I don't lie to myself um I know myself, and I I love the way I I am now. So what? Why? Why? For me personally, why do I need to have this? Why do I need to put this in my system to make me feel better? If I already know the way I am, it's cool, mm-hmm. right? And so I started like learning about myself, and learning, I was starting to be honest with people, right? And being honest with myself, and never was I perfect. Never, hell, I made mistakes. I still wanted to fight and do stupid things and there was times where I wanted to give up mm-hmm. and just say forget it but you know I, I, I didn't see my daughter for almost over a year and I finally uh, um, while up while down in Santa, in Santa yeah, Monica yeah I would have to take I remember I would have to take I lived in Santa Monica so I would take the bus for Santa Monica to downtown LA which was like 45 minutes and then from there I would catch a train to Lompoc and from Lompoc her grandma would pick me up her grandma had custody of her I have a lot of love and respect for her grandma it's it's her mom's mom mm-hmm. and I would go see her just spend like one day with her and we started building that relationship and talking and what age is she at at that like, point Um, I think she was probably let me see just like she was probably like nine, eight, mm-hmm. nine, ten, around there right so she's still growing you know I, I my daughter I give her like I don't know I know she's a really good little person because all the stuff I went through, the abandonment, she didn't have to take me back, right? Mm-hmm. But she does. And she's 14 years old now. So I don't know. But it's hard, right? It's yeah, hard, you know, it's right? Hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, she let me back in her life. And, and I, you know, I, I, she has been 
I do it for myself, but there's many times where I wanted to quit, but I'm like, I can't do that to her anymore. She's already been through enough, right? And she's dealt with so much stuff. And, and you know, um, you know, I, I allowed myself to continue growing while I stayed in Santa Monica for about, let me see, was it, was it like five years? Five years I stayed out there and I grew and I met people. I became this person that, like I, lo- I learned that I learned how to like love like love helping people and mm-hmm. and I started like traveling different places to like be a service and, and you know I went to uh, Washington a few times to help out some like young adult retreats and and, and just be involved with like the Salvation Army and the stuff they were doing and I was really involved with them and you know working with people in recovery working as a counselor for a while in Santa Monica and going back to my old rehab and running groups voluntarily and yeah. doing one-on-ones voluntarily. And how big has responsibility, how big of a role has it played in your sobriety and in just your life, happiness and life in general, knowing that you're responsible whether to manage a house, yeah. whether to, to, to go speak in front of yeah. others. Like it, it, it was big because, because I knew that I had to be an example and I knew that I wanted to be kind of like, genuine right mm-hmm. not perfect but genuine and, and to be vulnerable i'm not i'm not scared to be vulnerable right i think sometimes it's too easy for me to be vulnerable but, <laughs> but i don't mind doing it especially yeah. if it's for a, a purpose right yeah and, and it's I, genuine it's you i try to be, yeah, yeah i yeah. do whatever i went through is there is i look at it for a reason now right mm-hmm. and, and there's still some effects and some trauma and, and I, I i recognize it right but it does i don't um i just i don't like sit on it right and i don't brush it off i accept it what it is right and um you know my anxiety my anxiety eventually went away i get you know i used to get bad bouts of anxiety but i can't say nothing to buddy right Mm -hmm. i don't ever wanted to but um got the responsibility of being helpful to others was good i mean i i didn't realize like how much of influence i was like i could be on people when i was on people when i was out there and how helpful i was and you know, I put so much energy in, and, you know, but it kind of like, you know, it got to a point though where I was almost forgetting about myself and taking care of myself and it became really draining, mm-hmm. right? And, and and I went through my own struggles again, but never did I want to go, I never went back to drinking or getting high, you know? Um, I think the last time I did anything was, yeah, the last time I did crystal meth and I remember because my sobriety date is April 11th, 2014. So I was getting high in jail, mm-hmm. right? But I got high the day before that, and I remember the day, but um, I haven't gone to that. You know, I, I learned, for me, faith in God, whether it be in church or outside of church, whatever it is, I know that when I lived my life the way I wanted to, the first 34 years of my life, it was out of control. I didn't have no control, but I knew, but but then I look back, I go, look, when I started kind of turning my life over to God and believing, having faith and trusting, like things started changing, you know, my life changed, right? And that's that's what works for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's that's what I believe, and I know that without drugs and alcohol in my life, I'm cool, right? I know that, um, you know, be working back on the east side is cool, right? Yeah. But I have to watch myself because sometimes I'm triggered by certain things, right? People look a certain way, and I'm like, oh, that's not me, no, yeah. right? I gotta catch myself, right? And that's why, you know, a, a lot of a lot of reason why I try to smile is is I'm, I'm genuinely happy, but I like to smile, right? It brings good energy to people, yeah. right? It kind of people look at me a certain way, right? And, and I just smile or I ignore it, right? Instead of confronting everything. I don't have to confront everything anymore. Yeah. And, and you, you know, um, 
and it was time for it was time for change. It was time for me to go back, come back home. I got offered a job out here, and I accepted it, and I came back, and I, you know, I came, I came back to uh, living in Lompoc where my daughter was, and her grandma took me in, and she was like, you know, she's like, you can stay here, you find a place, it's cool, right? And I didn't get the job, and things did not work out the way I was, but I was back, and she's like, you stay here till you need to, and, and, and you know, um started working like kind of odd jobs and things like that but I was in my daughter's life like every day you know and, and I, even though I've been I've been a dad I haven't really been a father to her mm-hmm. right and so it's been like almost a year since I've been back and, and you know I, I, I don't go to as many meetings I still believe in God I have my daughter as my responsibility that's my main focus in my life right now right <coughs> um, going to work going to school um, these are things in my life but never um there's one thing that's that I've implemented in my life, in my my train of thought, is that I can never drink or smoke anything or get high off anything ever again. You know, I don't because I don't know how true where my life could be, but I've accepted and I've told myself, and maybe even fooled myself to the fact that I never can, and I'm okay with that because I'm cool. I could have this little protein yeah. drink. And I'm cool, right? Uh, yeah. Right. Um, I, 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 you know, I have to find different ways to take care of myself, right? It's different for me. I have to, you know, when, when I get off my, my lane, when I get out of my lane, when I when I go maybe to a restaurant or I go to the bar with some of the, some of my coworkers, right? And I see people having certain things, right? Doing certain things. I'm like, oh, wait, oh, that looks good, right? And then, and I'm like, no, 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 I got to stay in my lane. I got to know what's going to do to me, right? Because yeah. if, I, if I get out of my lane... And I started like, whoa, this and that. What, what about if I try? No, no, no. I gotta always. I gotta re, re, refocus and recenter myself. You know where, where my journey has taken me, and where I'm at now, right? And, and I know, I know, I know. It's it's not a coincidence that I'm back, right there where I'm working at now, mm-hmm. on the corner of Mason of Ontario, right, right in the middle of where I kind of I, I I ran around for years, right, and and the people that are put in my life, right, and and. and and, and family members and people that turn to me for certain things, right? Um, I, I'm not fooled that it wasn't my plan, right? It wasn't my plan, but I, I'm I'm happy with the plan, right? Um, I got out. I I don't realize. I sometimes have to realize and look at my life and be like, look, not everybody gets the opportunity to get away from that from that lifestyle and be able to make it and and, and be able to overcome and succeed and, and 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 get off the drugs because people die. People uh, get a grip of time in jail, and, and people lose their mind, and people are stuck on the streets. And me, and I was talking to a friend earlier, a friend that grew up with us, and she's like living on the streets and living on the beach. She's been doing she has schizophrenia, and she got so much stuff going on. And this is a kid, this is a girl I knew since we were in, in elementary school, and I see her now, and she's like, and unfortunately, she's one of the people you see sometimes you see on the streets or at the beach where where they're kind of like. You don't know there's they're ever gonna come back mentally, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, um, it's been like it's been a hard journey, and, and and I know I'm not to the point where I want to be, and I still struggle every day, like inside, right? Um, and um, you know, um, one thing that I, I have a passion for is like to like to just kind of like talk to people and listen to people, right? People. Uh, People look to me for like for help, guidance, and you know, I, I've I've over the years, um, unfortunately, with addiction, it's hard because I can have ten people hit me up and ask for help for this and that, and I give them everything. I can't, 
I've driven people to programs and <clears throat> I've taken people to places and, and I've I've offered to pay for stuff, but only like really one out of ten, if that kind of really fall through with it. Yeah. It's it's tough. You right? can't make them Mm-mm. be sober. I, yeah. I can, I can, yeah. but I don't get discouraged because I, I don't I, I don't want to give up on people because a lot of people didn't give up on me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, I know that I was an emotional wreck and, and and I could drain people, but you know, I I I just you know it's 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 been like a beautiful experience for me since 2014. It's been beautiful. Like I've been able to go places and 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 been asked to do certain things and and and, and gone into places where I didn't think I'd be able to go to and. and you know, uh, um, you know, for when I, there was a oh, man, there's just like I I see people that that I grew up with that are still kind of stuck in it, and, and I've gotten almost a hundred percent encouragement from almost everybody. You know, I, I maybe have one or two people that I'll say a few things, but but that's that's on me. That's kind of like karma for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, I get Coming it. I get back it. Yeah. yeah, but I. I Mostly, I get encouragement from people, right? And and you know, I, you know, it feels good because I had somebody even a little while ago that messaged me and, and they asked me if they could share like my story with their niece. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I never ever want to say like, you know, no, I don't like to say no. I, and I try to be helpful. And you know, I, I have this beautiful relationship with my daughter, and it's tough, but I'm there for her every day. You know, and it's like she's giving me the opportunity. And I'm gonna be able to be there for her, right? And 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 you know, there's many times, like I said, even now where I want to give up, but I can't because I have this person dependent on me. And that's what I'm saying. I'm learning about love, and I never knew that. But I, yeah. I know that love isn't just like this feeling. But but and her mom's not around anymore. No, she is. She's around. Oh, okay. She's around. She's not living. She lives with the grandmother. Uh, the no the uh no um. Your daughter. Me and my daughter live together. Yeah. With her grandma. Yeah. And the grandma's boyfriend. So we have a nice little place now. Yeah. We have a cool little place, right? And and, and the mom lives out of town. Yeah, she lives out of town right now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But they talk. She loves yeah. her mom. You know her. That's cool. You so know. your daughter's going through some emotional things, yeah. especially at this age right now. So but it's cool that you're able to be there special. for her. nothing special. Nothing yeah. special. Teenagers <laughs> doesn't go through, but yeah. yeah. But it's it think it's beautiful that I'm able to be there, you know. Be there for yeah. it, yeah. And I'm learning about being a parent. I'm learning about being a man still and responsibilities, right? And you know, uh, um, I still learn all the time. You know, I have good people on, on, I have good people on my on my side. I still have people from back in Santa Monica that I talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, good. I, I built good. Fr- I have like really good friends, right? I, I just. Um, it's a whole different type of network you got now. Yeah, way different. Yeah, <laughs> Based I go, on what you used to. Yeah, have. I could go. People like invite me to places. I could go into places that I've never, you know. I mean, there's just you know, there's some places I don't feel comfortable. But I mean, I go and, and you know, uh, working working out at the center. We work with people mm-hmm. that are in the core system. So sometimes we have to work with them. You know, I used to be. I was on the other side for so long, right? Yeah. And I think I went with uh, um, <clears throat> I went with Jackie, and we had to talk to probation about one of our programs, and. and and when the probation officer's like, she's like, oh, I think we met before, right? I was like, I don't think so, maybe. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I think we met at a meeting. She's like, I feel like I met you before. I go, Man, but I don't go. I don't throw it out there. Yeah. Right? I don't always throw it out there. If they if, know, they know. They know, they know. If they yeah. don't, they don't. I mean, but I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've I actually met Jackie 
at the courthouse when I spoke at an event over there, uh-huh. right? And so, yeah, and it's, it's is funny. Is that how the opportunity came about for I, your working out? Well, I think that we connected, and then, you know, I, I was teaching anger management classes for the courts for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's how she brought me in, right? She gave me that opportunity at a time where I was, like, looking for employment, and I was doing construction, nothing, nothing against construction, but in, in my heart, in my mind, I felt like... When I was doing construction, it was cool because it, it kind of like I decompressed from everything. I was involved in so much stuff in Santa Monica. When I left, I, I felt like this decompression, like, oh, man. You know, I, I didn't realize how much involved I was in, in giving myself away mm-hmm. and, and energy. And construction was good. But after a couple of months, I was like, I'm, there's something my life is missing. I miss helping people because I was seeing people and people still needed help and people were still reaching out to me I was like damn I missed this I missed mm-hmm. this and you know I was able to teach anger management when you recharge your batteries then you started missing it and wanted yeah. to do it again yeah, yeah. now I'm, I'm in it it's just, it just looks different now but it's still like the opportunity is still there I mean I still can like but you're also balancing it with taking care of yourself taking and care of myself making my sure daughter, not to just yeah. drain yourself again. yeah yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes I have to be like, look, I'm taking this day off. I'm going to hang out with my daughter. And, you know, I'm still learning. I'm always learning. What are some of the other things you use to recharge yourself? I go out with your daughter. I like to go to the gym. I'm starting to change my diet up a little bit better. Uh, um, Shoot, I still have a... I still want to help people out, though. That's the thing, yeah. Well, I mean, that's only going to help you do it more because you're recharging Um, yourself. Yeah, I kind of just make sure I relax and be okay with just, like, sitting down and watching TV, right? And forgetting about everything and uh um i think the thing that's really helpful for me it doesn't take too much energy it really doesn't take any of the energy but my daughter has a lot of cousins and and, and um sometimes the parents aren't available so they they look to me like to mm-hmm. give them rides and help them out and, and it, that is like no energy taken but i get to help them out right yeah. and, and i love to be able to do that like hey, it's, an, it's an extension of your daughter like yeah. doing for your daughter yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i get to do that and um, just sitting down and just like huh, listening to music, listening to uh, to podcasts and stuff on the drive over here. And, and yeah, what are some water. of the podcasts? That... I like listening to a lot of sermons, uh-huh. um, like Stephen Furtick, uh, T.D. Jakes, uh, what's um, Joyce Meyer. I like Joyce uh-huh. Meyer because <laughs> she's like a mom talking yeah. to you, right? I have because I've, I've been always been uh, kind of like um, emotionally attracted to like um. To like um, women in the forty, because I grew up with a single mom, right? Mm-hmm. So it was always easier for me because I didn't have a man growing up telling me what to do, mm-hmm. unless it was kind of like, hey, you know. So it was, it's you know, I can listen to like women. I have no problem with the women authority figures at all. Yeah. Some some men do, I don't. Yeah. I don't have that problem at all. Um, um, yeah, things like that. And 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 when I'm coming home from work, instead of trying to absorb more things. When I go home from work, I'll put on music or I'll put on sports podcast. Something that's very relaxed, right? Yeah. I'm kind of learning. I'm still learning about myself. That's right, right, but it's fun. Yeah, you just take the time to learn. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's it's just it's 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 been a a lot of growth, right? Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, one of the the things is I think for um. For me, as I've become very compassionate with people, um, I I I kind of understand like people that struggle with so many things and I've learned to be kind of empathetic and sympathetic with them right mm-hmm. um I understand like you know when I was doing my men's group it was really good I don't I'd never really had to tell them what, what, what I had been through they kind of knew because I 
I would be able to listen to them and treat them like human beings. And, and it was, you know, it was only for a few months, but I was like, damn, okay, I remember how to do this again, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember how much energy it took. And so now we're doing different things and we have this other thing popping off with the Resilience Institute where we want to kind of replicate what they're doing in LA at Homeboy Industries where mm-hmm. we want to help people out that are struggling, right? And, and my role is where I'd be able to mentor and counsel them, right? And so that's what I like to do. And, 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 and you know, you know, sometimes people just want somebody to listen to. You don't always have to give them the right answer. Right? I used to struggle for always trying to find the right answer, but I'm like, mm. What do you think you should do? What do you feel? How do you mm-hmm. feel? You know, giving them some questions back yeah. so they can think about it a little bit. Yeah, and, like and, you do the thinking. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, being part of the center and everything going on, like you're boxing with the youth. I I I love the energy that it brings because I know some of those kids, right? Mm-hmm. And it's cool because yeah, I see you. You know a lot. Yeah, a few, a good few of them. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool. I like I love I like messing with the kids because it, it's you know uh, um. I, I know how important it is for a little boy to have like positive male role models. Mm-hmm. It's really important, right? I missed it. And so I missed it so much. And, and you know, um, you know the, all the other events we have there. And, and you know, I, I just try to bring, I think I try to bring good energy to the center and, and make people feel welcome. And not that it's this, you know, a lot of times we see things and we feel on the outside. And so a lot of times I'll just hang around and check in on people, talk to people on the streets and, you know, uh, um, I don't know, I think I think that's that's the place that God wants me right now, right? Mm-hmm. To be there and, and use whatever energy and, and whatever strength and knowledge He's giving me is right there, right? And it's yeah. barely getting started. Barely, right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on there, but yeah. it's barely getting started. Yeah. At least from what I can see. I yeah, it, it is, and, and hopefully it just I have ideas. We have ideas, right? You know, but um. Yeah, I think that I, for me too. I think I think the thing is I enjoy is your boxing class and, and the um, and the the food pantry, right? Mm-hmm. The food pantry we have every week. Um, I enjoy that because I see mostly older Hispanic ladies, right? And they remind me of my grandma, and my you know, and yeah, and and makes sense. Yeah, and I get to like just sit there and. And bring good energy to them and be helpful to them and let yeah. them know like it's okay, it's cool, you know, and they feel comfortable that they get there early and they hang out and I mess around and talk with them. Yeah, and, and you're treating yeah. them with respect. Yeah, with respect. Just like you said, like yeah. your grandma not yeah. just here's the backs to the no. food and yeah. take off. Some I, of I, them hang out like right there yeah. and just chill. It could really it's that's the way it is. And I'll go and talk to some of your parents from mm-hmm. your kids, you know, and I, I offer them. I know it's hard sometimes. I don't know why it's hard for sometimes uh, for people to say no. I get it a little bit. Say no to what? To help. Oh. I get it, right? There's some, some pride in the way, but um, I offer it. I don't feel rejected if somebody says no. I get it. Right? Yeah. I get it. Uh, I said no to help for a long time. So, yeah, but I think I think in general, my life is 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 peaceful today. If there's any friction, it's because I caused it on my own. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I, well, think, I, I thank you for helping yeah. me. Uh, yeah, you know, you and Jackie opening the doors, and Jackie help open the doors, but yeah. then you're there on a the day to day basis, yeah. helping me facilitate, making sure that it's open, yeah. making sure that it's closed, that other programs that are before or after us, yeah. that we're all spaced out in time, and you've been a great link for me for communication yeah. as well. So, you know, I definitely thank you for that, and you've been allowing my team and I at Solid Foundation to to reach all these youngsters who just 
from a simple opening the doors really and telling a few people yeah. you've seen a flood of kids come yeah. in and really because they want to train they just can't afford the families can't afford martial arts academy your, you yeah. know your typical martial arts academy here in sb so that's been awesome to see that and and i'm hoping to to grow along with you guys within yeah. that building i think it's it's, it's beautiful it's I, I like what's going on I, sometimes i i could be so involved in it i don't really see it from the outside but when people say like man it's, it's cool what you guys doing i'm like it is yeah it is right take the yeah. Time, yeah yeah yeah. All right, Vic. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your story with us, man. <laughs> it's good Thank to get you. to know you. Yeah. Get really get to know you more on a on a deeper level because I knew you from before, and then I would hear in Santa Monica, "Hey, Vic's doing," because yeah. my my cousins would go, other homies would yeah. go, but none of them would really stick with it. But they would say, "Yo, Vic's up there. He's like yeah. running things and." It was good to hear, but all I knew was the the bald headed yeah, yeah. <laughs> causing trouble over here. Yeah. And then to see you back here and just seeing you being you is is awesome. So uh, congratulations on Thank that. You. Thank mm. you. Thank you, your dog. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I know you had to find some value in it. And if you do, please share. Like I always ask, it's the best thing you could do to help with the podcast is share it so everybody could get the same value as you got from it. Also, if you're looking for other ways to um, be a part of Solid Foundation and help what we're doing, whether it's teaching kids um, boxing and the principles of discipline and um, family values or helping women learn self-defense through jiu-jitsu, a great way you guys could help is we have a GoFundMe page. You can look it up. Link is in our IG. Or you can look up on GoFundMe anywhere. Look up Solid Foundations and donate. We can do much more with your help. So please consider it. Thank you. <laughs>